he's referred to as the man in the back of the room and introduced as the voice of God. He's told U.S. presidents where to sit, given Tony and Grammy award-winning celebrities direction, and lectured scads of students. But as he likes to point out, the event entertainment expert you don't know, you don't know, Anthony Bellata. And Bellatified. Hi, folks, and welcome to another episode of Bolotified. I'm Anthony Bolotta, and I'm here as I am every week with my one and only Bolotophile, Alex Apostolides. Hey, Alex. Hello. How are you on this uh, somewhat beautiful, sunny Monday afternoon? I'm just dandy. Thank you. Uh, I'm delighted to talk today about this wonderful world we live in of event engagement and entertainment and uh, some of the issues that we are facing in uh, CA, California. Yeah. Yeah, it's been quite a ride. I'm I'm excited to talk about this uh, for a lot of reasons. Number one, I get posed with a lot of questions. And um, with reference to what we're going to be talking about, and I just don't possess the knowledge. So I, I'm going to be a big learner today because it's all so confusing to me. So I'm super excited to hopefully enlighten myself. Well, I'm also hopeful that I'll get some enlightenment um, from our guest. And what we are going to talk about today is AB5 and the impact that it has on our community, our industry here in California. And for those of you who are outside California who probably don't think this uh, matters to you or affects you, actually the PRO Act, which is the Protecting the Right to Organize Bill, is uh, being looked over uh, by our federal government and could be imposed on the states. And the thing about that bill is that it does have this ABC test component in it. And the ABC test is what is wreaking havoc here in California on our independent economic gig, economic, if you will, economics, if you will, are, are those of us who are employed in the gig economy. Uh, it's, it's impacting us and, uh, this new test that we'll talk about today, basically what it does is it redefines what an independent contractor is, and it is not based on a series of criteria that was laid out. And as an independent contractor, you had to fit a prominent number of that criteria you had to fit in there or you had to represent. Uh, in this case, the, ABT, the ABC test is a three-prong test and you have to meet all three prongs to be considered an independent contractor. And so it's a much more defined approach to determining what an independent contractor is. And we're going to talk to Brandon Waterson about it. And Brandon has a company here in San Diego and has been working as a DJ and as uh, an AV provider. So his business has been impacted a bit differently than ours. Uh, before we start with him, though, I thought it might be it might be valuable to talk about what that ABC test is and how uh, how it's defined. Can I ask you a quick question? Mm-hmm. You, you mentioned the PRO Act, and you said that's the, the right to organize. Is that as far as unions are concerned? Well, this is the interesting thing. That's sort of the issue, is um, it's very pro-union. And the bill is very pro-union. And mm-hmm. so um, it doesn't mean that people will organize, but it gives them the right to organize. And, but what it does it, as part of the bill is it also defines what an independent contractor is because then it's basically saying, okay, this is an independent contractor. If you're not, if you're, if you fall into these categories and you're not getting some of the benefits that you should get with employment, 
you have the right to organize. I mean, there's sort of a message there. Um, so it's very pro pro union and unions are not a bad thing. No, but, but unions are organizations with hierarchies and um, agendas on their own. So uh, the, I wouldn't say that they're without culpability either. You know, I think it's great. I think we share in this um, issue and the issue being that not only are funds underfunded here in California, such as uh, workman's comp and our unemployment insurance, but um, people are being treated unfairly and uh, not being uh, employed with health benefits and sick time and uh, all of those things that we've come to expect. And their businesses are getting away with it through, through loopholes. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and it does impact people in our community. So I really want to be really, really cautious and not uh, sound like I'm uh, the whistleblower here myself. <laughs> you know, uh, I yeah. just, this, this whole show is about information and sharing what we know just so people can be uh, prepared. And we and, want our artists to be prepared. Yeah. Go ahead. And did, did this all start, if, am I correct in that, that this all kind of started because of Uber and Lyft and was that the impetus behind this bill, those independent contractors? I really couldn't tell you that. Uh, there, I really couldn't say. Okay. Uh, Lorena Gonzalez brought the bill uh, and had it passed in September of 2019. And in November of 2019, we voted and we, the, the state voted not to include uh, Uber and Lyft in this mandate. So they're, they're fine with regard to this mandate. So I remember that did come up and it, it was part of the issue. I just don't know that it was that being the catalyst. Okay. That was, issues. that was my understanding. So thank you for clearing that up. Cause, uh, well, according to Lorena Gonzalez, she was raised in a family. Uh, her mother worked very hard and uh, didn't get the benefits that she was entitled to. And it was difficult for the family. And from that point of view, I completely understand. Absolutely. You know, it's really, again, it's a two-way street. Um, but we can't lose sight of, and this has been the major argument here in the state, we cannot lose sight of the fact that there are millions of people in this state who make a very good living as freelancers and independent contractors mm -hmm. and prefer that way of life. And as a matter of fact, looking at the entire GDP of the country, 5% is due to freelance income. And 30% of the workforce is self-employed or hired by somebody who's self-employed. So we're talking about a lot of people, yeah. a lot of people. Um, so the ABC test. So the ABC test is what's used now since Dynamex West versus the state of California determined that these three prongs would be what would define an independent contractor. If this test is not used and somebody is carved out or a profession is carved out of the mandate, meaning they don't have to, they don't have to worry, Okay. About, <laughs> simply put, about this, um, if they're carved out of the mandate. Um, and then in that case, they're actually going to use the Borello test, which is the test that's been used and the test that precedes that one with multi-prongs that you have to fit into a few of those, right? So it's a bit more lenient way of looking at it. The and you don't have to with the Barillo, you don't have to, you don't have to comply with everything. It has to, you have to fit in. Only to a preponderance piece. of the, okay. the, the prongs, if you will. Uh, and if you don't fit into the ABC test, then you use that test. Okay. So it's not like, okay, uh, 
you you have all of these qualifications, then you look at that test to make sure you're still an independent contractor. So the ABC test is three prongs. And basically under this test, the worker is free from the control of the hiring entity in connection with the performance of the work, both under the contract for the performance of the work and in fact. So basically what that's saying, prong A is, the worker performs this work free from control and direction from the hiring entity in connection with the performance of the work. So for example, you're not told when to punch in, you're not told uh, when to clock out, you're not given goals that you have to get done through the day, you're not told how to do things, you're not watched. And this is stated in contract, but also in fact. So you can't just put in a contract that somebody's an independent contractor it also has to apply to the actual situation of their working, of their work. Make sense? It doesn't make sense. It, okay. it, yeah, it does make sense. That sounded like doesn't, but I meant does. I've, I'm saying a lot of things I don't mean to say, so hi there. Prong <laughs> <laughs> two, the worker performs work that is outside the usual course of the hiring entity's business. Okay, the, the worker performs work that is outside the usual course of the hiring entity's business. So like a plumber coming into a florist shop to fix their plumbing. Correct. Correct. A piano player being hired to play for a party of a corporate firm that sells real estate. Okay. You know, um, mm -hmm. it's not within the hiring entity's usual course of business. They're hiring for something else. They're not reselling it they're not uh they're not using whatever they're hiring to help them to deliver on what it is they have to deliver on does that make sense that makes sense that's I actually see, so far the easiest one to understand yeah that is the easiest one the worker performs work that is outside the usual course of the hiring entity's business. And we're going to dig into these a bit deeper and see the worker is customarily engaged in an independently established trade, occupation, or business of the same nature as that involved in the work performed. That's a bit tricky. The worker is customarily engaged in an independently established trade or business of the same nature as that involved in the work performed. You can see the look on my face because it's worded in such a way. Well, let me dig deeper into that one. Good, please. The hiring entity in this case must prove that the independent business operation is actually in existence at the time the work is performed. The fact that the business operation could come into existence in the future is not sufficient. So in other words, well, let me also say this, an individual who's independently has made the decision to go into business, an individual who has independently made the decision to go into business generally takes this, the usual steps to establish and promote the independent business. So basically, what this is saying is that you are hiring somebody who has a business that offers something that you want to offer. And the proof is in the documentation of that individual, incorporation, licensure, advertising, offerings to provide their services as an independent business to the public, or to a number of potential customers, flyers, promotions. Um, but there is a caveat. So you see what I'm saying here? The individual. Uh, no, go ahead. The individual, let me just go back to what it says. The worker is customarily engaged in an independently established trade, occupation, or business of the same nature as that involved in the work performed. In other words, somebody has is advertising their business, their, their um, 
licensed, they're insured, they're, they're, they have the right documentation to show that they have set themselves up as a business and they are selling their services and they're promoting their services. You are hiring someone who is showing that they have a business, that they are licensed and they're following the rules of a business. And that puts the onus on the hiring entity rather than that small player who's out there who may not be following the rules and doesn't do it the right way. So when you hire someone as the hiring entity, you have to make sure that you're hiring someone you can hire who has the right licensing, who has the right uh, incorporation or, or um, is an, as an S corp is, has some kind of tax ID, um, somebody who is advertising, somebody who um, sets their own rates uh, and uh, sets their own offering like a band or, um, or a cake maker. but they have to be licensed and they have to have a business entity. And that shows to the government that you're working with a business entity. But there are some caveats there. You can't just unilaterally assign that worker to be an independent contractor when you hire them. You have to enter into a contract that designates that independent contractor. So in other words, if I was a florist, for example, who on occasion called in additional floral designers to come in and help me with an event, and I paid them for their time, but they weren't under a contract in any way, and it was sort of loosey-goosey, and they didn't work for me full-time, and they didn't get benefits, but I just called them when I needed them, that's not going to work because that florist a is not set up as a business and B is, has not been entering into a contract with you for that work that states what it is. The work is the purpose of this is to keep businesses from uh, exercising too much control over their employees you know, it's actually happened in or, my own life, but not for with me, but there is a real estate company that hired agents across the country as independent contractors. Um, and David worked for this company for a lot of years. Well, this company then got in a lot of trouble after many, many years because they were not following the proper guidelines for independent contractor. Mm. So they, these, the employees, they're the real estate agents who were working for this company, weren't getting the benefits, weren't getting, and, uh, so I'm thinking it's a, it's along that line. It is. Right? It is. And now it's harder because mm -hmm. that was a different set. That was a different test that they had to follow. So they've tightened the belt, if you would. So that agency would never likely be able to deal with this because they couldn't deal with that. It was much looser. But yes, yeah, this is the whole idea of this is to ensure that people are not being cheated out of entitlements. And when somebody is working 40 hours a week, but not under any contract, comes in, gets paid, has no benefits, doesn't get taxes taken out, um, is paid under the table, there's no workman's comp, there's no independent, uh, uh, there's no um, unemployment being paid for them. They're, not, they're entitled to nothing at the end of the day. And their employers need to pay for those things. Mm -hmm. And they need to pay for those things. It's sort of a, you know, it's, well, it's you share in that responsibility. our society running. Right. Those taxes, um, you know, all those things go to benefit society as a whole. Correct. And we know that, you know, the system, people don't really understand the system. And we know that we've had uh, musicians that we've worked with in the past who have sent us when they, I guess, run out of money um, because they are working in various jobs and doing various things, we'll get a copy of their 
application for unemployment. Now, I think that's because you list everyone that you work for. And we are sometimes listed because they will have done a job for us. But we contract them as an independent contractor, and we follow the rules of contracting. And we're not in the business of entertaining. We are in the business of providing entertainment, but we're not entertainers. I mean, in the sense that we're going right. out, you know what I'm saying? We're hiring them, we're the agency. So it's a bit different for us and uh, we're able to continue to do business, but it doesn't mean that we should be working. We have to also be careful about the, those that we work with. And, and some of the people that we work with have to abide and change the way that they work in order to continue working. And Brandon is, is one of them. And um, I know he's not very happy about it. His father's had this business for a very long time. But I can think of three or four entertainers that we work with right off the bat that, that, that this impacts. Mm -hmm. And basically, I will say this, anyone, any entertainer out there that is also paying other entertainers and acting as sort of a little pseudo or mini agency and hiring out other people, you need to be licensed now. You need to have a business license. You need to figure out your tax situation and have a tax ID. And you need to start running your little cottage operation as a bona fide business. Or you need to stop booking other people. You should still get all of that licensure and paperwork and it's not hard to do it isn't but you should still do that but you shouldn't be hiring other people because that's another layer of liability that you'll be taking on if you don't uh, and that's sad because you know we do work with a lot of really talented people who um, first of all we work with entities that are run by a band leader that are not formal business entities. Um, we, we pay the band leader and the band leader pays their musicians that. That's gonna be an issue. But when we pay uh, uh, a band that is incorporated and does have the licensure, then we don't have to worry. Uh, but there are people like that and there are variety artists like that and um, some of our ancillary artists um, have little pockets of people that they bring in, and it's going to be really, really hard for them. Um, now, um, there is there is some uh, lit uh, not litigation. <laughs> there is some uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Le legislation. Goodness, it is Monday. Golly, it's it's Monday. There's some legislation that's being worked on for theaters, small theaters, not large entities, but small theaters uh, cool. around the state that will help them to continue to work and operate. Uh, and that is, I believe, in AB 2257. It's, a, it's part of the cleanup. No, 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 excuse me. That was the cleanup bill that happened in 2020 when musicians made it to the carve out and a few other performing artists made it to the carve out, uh, graphic artists for one, as I recall, that was AB 2257, which came after AB5 and just cleans up AB5 a bit. And there's some more cleanup and the theaters are uh, vested in this cleanup to come. Uh, meanwhile, there's, there is a lot of concern around the country about the PRO Act and we'll see how that lands. Hey, B. Here he is. How's it going? Good. How are you? It's nice to see your smiling face. Yeah. <laughs> I got to see Anthony's not too long ago. Yeah, it was a couple of months ago already. Has it already been that long? Uh, it's been two months. Holy it cow. Sure it has. like it was just uh, a couple weeks ago. I know, right? <laughs> That's because a nanosecond ago it was um, spring, and now we're moving into fall soon. Yeah, it's nuts. You've been busy though. 
Oh, yes. Very well, much so. <laughs> good. I'm glad to hear it. I'm glad. Well, you're, um, the social world is is come alive. And thankfully, we're in California and we're not dealing with so much of a resurgence, although I hope and, and imagine that your hosts are being careful and everyone is being cool with careful. Yeah. Yeah. So far. Yeah. It hasn't been, uh, hasn't been too crazy on that front, but it's, uh, I think everyone's taking precautions, but at the same time, they're, they're also, they don't want it to shut back down and they're just kind of pressing forward mm-hmm. just because they don't want to be in that same position again to where there there's the uncertainty of whether or not someone's allowed to have their event and they've held on for so long. Mm-hmm. You have, you have all those people that have delayed, 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 you know, we'll push it back a month. Okay. We're going to push it back a month. And then now they're to the point it opened up and they're hearing that it might potentially go back the other way and it's just they don't want to (laughs) no we're in the middle of that too with people and i'm working with uh uh, sarah brown who is a really terrific planner here in san diego and she's doing the top tech award she's done it for a number of years she's pretty much owns the event she's done it throughout its life and they just today made the decision to go virtual again their event is in a month holy cow yeah so, you know what, uh, I heard a really, before we talk about AB5, I heard a really um, distressing story and I'd like to share it with you because it does, it's about COVID and you do deal with clients. And I think this is a great message to spread. And I was talking with a, a colleague of mine who had gone to a, a party at somebody's home and the guest did not uh, put anything on the invitation about COVID, but was vaccinated and assumed that all of her guests were vaccinated as well. And the the party started and everybody was there and they started talking about it as everybody does. (laughs) And one person piped up and said, I'm not vaccinated. And the rest of the group bullied her until she left in tears. So it's horrible. And the point I'd just like to make is that um, as the host, it's uh, it's your responsibility as a host to let your guests know what to expect Mm -hmm. and what the protocols are. And I think it's better to put that in an invitation than it is to leave it out and assume, because this is what happens. You end up alienating people and causing rifts that could last a whole lot longer than Hey, listen, if you're not vaccinated, please don't come as a general statement so that people don't feel like you're pointing your finger at them, like what happened at the party. So I just wanted to share that with you with the hope that you'll make sure that your clients are not ignoring the big elephant in the room, but actually speaking to it in advance and letting their guests know what to expect. Yeah. And there's, uh, it's, there's a lot of aspects that people need to take into that too. I mean, I just went to a wedding over the weekend. Actually, I was in the wedding. I was a, um, a bridesman, I guess you could say. Oh, so not a bride and myself have been close friends, very well, best friends for 20 years. And so it was, it was, she asked that anyone who was not vaccinated to take a test a couple of days before. So it's one thing is that I am, I am not vaccinated and I unfortunately don't have the luxury of being vaccinated. Mm-hmm. I have massive allergies to medications. So if I were to take the vaccine without some of the tests on the people who are in a similar situation like me, there's a, there's a good chance I'd end up in the hospital from but, an but adverse Brandon, reaction. You're one of the people mm-hmm. that we should be protecting. Yeah. Absolutely. Because of your situation, you know, quite honestly, you're one of the people that everyone else should be protecting. Yeah. It's not that I hate vaccines or there's a lot of people like me. They don't hate vaccines. It's the same. My mom's dealing with breast cancer and her doctor advised no, because it could conflict with your breast cancer medication. So it's either take the vaccine and, and potential and have it potentially become an issue on that front. And, and, they made the decision that that was the safer route for her to go was to stay unvaccinated and just take precautions that she can. 
There's, I there's... She's undergoing chemotherapy and it's the same thing. And so she can't get vaccinated. She has to wear a mask. And unfortunately she's getting bullied when she's out in public because she has a mask on. So it's sad. Yeah, it's sad. I'm waiting for a, for a little Lucy here to stop parking at the air. <laughs> and Lucy bring... has something to add to the conversation. She Just does. Start with girl. <laughs> Her cousin Molly passed last week. Oh, Alex. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So she's a little sad today. You know, uh, Joyce and Frank's Molly passed. Yeah. Okay. So Brandon, AB5, yes. we've been talking a little bit about it. I was going through the three prongs again, trying to clarify for people uh, who are coming on board late. Uh, and was sort of halfway through it, but let's dive in. You're being impacted by AB5, there's no question. Absolutely. So um, tell us what it is that, tell the world what you do and, and tell the world, it's a huge, huge audience we have. <laughs> <laughs> tell them what you do and um, how this impacts you. So I am a DJ. I also um, own an event company, production company as well, but, um, it affects many individuals. So have have you kind of gone over the three prongs to a degree? Mm -hmm. So it's I, I have them right in front of me, so we can we can kind of dive into that. So to, to give a little bit more of what I do, also, so I do sound, lighting, video, stream, and DJ. But I I got into the industry as a DJ over twenty years ago, and um, that's kind of my my bread and butter. And and my father got me into the equation at a young age and since then has expanded into all areas of the uh, AV production world, I guess you could say. So the problem that, that AB5 poses for a lot of people in, in my shoes is you have those three prongs where the worker has to be free from control and direction of the hiring entity in connection with the performance of the work. Um, so that could be anything as simple as someone who hires you to do an event for them, they can't tell you what to do. Now, if you're working with another event company that does something in the, in the same realm that you are in, that is very difficult because you are there to support them. So you, by the, the word of the law, you can't do the same thing that they're doing or in a sense, be able to take direction from them. Uh, the B prong where you have to perform work outside the usual course of the hiring entity's business. Well, in this industry, everyone does the same stuff. So it's next to impossible to pass that B prong in the DJ slash production world. Um, and then C, which is the worker is customarily engaged in an independently established trade occupation business or the same nature as involved in the work performed. Now, the worst part about AB5 is that you don't have to, to just satisfy one of the prongs. You have to satisfy all three. Mm -hmm. And that's where it makes it next to impossible. You might be able to go ahead and pass one. So yes, I'm an independently established trade. But if I work with another DJ or production company on an event, then I'm not passing that B prong. And that's where it really makes it difficult. And a lot of lawyers have advised their, their clients who own companies to not do work inside California with someone who's in the same industry. So, so can, I, really tough. can I, can I uh, ask a question? So are you talking about if you were to hire another DJ mm -hmm. to work for you and actually uh, DJ an event? Is that what we're mm -hmm. talking about? So it makes it Absolutely. hard for you. It makes it hard for you to hire somebody who's not, employed by you. Absolutely. That's one of the things that you have to deal with for sure. Correct. But if that DJ is independent and has licensing and has a tax ID, then that makes it possible as long as that person is also independent in, in the established trade is, is set up as a business is advertising, but then it, that happens and that person is no longer just your DJ. He's 
you know, all of your competitions DJ as well. And then you're just like everyone else and you're not offering anything different. Is that a fair assessment? There's some, there's some gray area in the law and it depends on which lawyer you are talking to mm-hmm. onto if that passes as what's called a business to business exemption. And that is something that has been pushed when the creation of this law came into effect was that there would be a business to business exemption that if you had a professional entity hiring another professional entity that it wouldn't affect them. But the problem is we haven't seen that to be the case. Um, There have been people who have gone under EDD audits for violation AB5 for hiring people in the same industry. So that's where it has become very difficult. Can you, can you give us a little more yeah. information on that? Like what the, so, what the problem was with the audit? The problem was, was that they didn't pass the ABC test. So they didn't pass it in the sense that either, well, primarily that they weren't meeting the, the independently established trade. So they were an outside entity. They're trying to argue that because another company is working with another company, they should have been hired as an employee instead of as an independent contractor. So if I get brought on by company A to come run sound, but they already provide sound for for a living, that's what their job primarily focuses on, is that that would be in violation of the law. So if sound company A had a really large event, or here's the the easiest way that I can describe it in a... um, and an example form. So many venues do, they, they keep staffing to handle one portion of their venue. Now, mm-hmm. if they happen to take on a second event at the same time, mm-hmm. they no longer have enough servers to go ahead and supply a quality service for both events at the same mm-hmm. time. So then they have to reach to an outside entity to bring in more servers to make sure that event runs smoothly. Mm-hmm. That is in the way the law is written, that is in violation of AB5. They cannot hire someone to help them work one event, even though they only need help for one time. Well, they can hire them, but they have to do so as an employee. They can't do so as an independent contractor, right? Uh, Right. That is definitely one of the parts of the law that really do make it difficult, but also open up... uh, an opportunity for small agencies that deal in human capital and, you know, do nothing but send out servers and, and hands, which is what we deal with in our world when we're on production and we need hands, we have to go through an agency. Um, But see when we're, what I think what you're really speaking to is it's, it's the smaller, pieces of business, or I I really shouldn't put it that way. It's the jobs that are not high end jobs, the server jobs, the, um, the grunt workers, the people that push in and out the hands, those are the people that need to be on that you need that you can hire because you need to employ them. And when you're not doing events every day of the week and have work every day of the week to substantiate that it's impossible. It's so, impossible for those really small companies too. Right. So right. It, it's not just the worker, it's the small business owner that's being greatly impacted by oh, this. Oh, it's more than the worker. Yep. It's the, it's the small business owner. Let's let's be clear because if there are yep. any fines to be paid, it's going to be to the small business owner and if there's anything proprietary going on, it's going to be the fault of the owner, not the fault of the worker. Absolutely. 100%. Because the and assumption it, it's is the, tough. Yeah. Well, the assumption it, is we've been taking care of We've been taking advantage of workers. That's the assumption that employers have been taking advantage and entitlements are not being shared and funds are underfunded. And that that's the problem with the with using this law in a blanket situation is that generally people in the entertainment industry, whether they're working as a, a roadie or they're working as a sound engineer or they're working as an LD or they're working as a DJ whether working as a V1 or video operator or camera op, you're not being paid minimum wage. Oh, no. That's never been the case. 
Never. then you're getting paid substantially more than minimum yes. wage. Yes, you and are. And the whole point of this was to make sure that someone wasn't getting paid minimum wage and then not being an employee and receiving any form of benefits. Well, when you're getting paid three, four, and five times the minimum wage, then you're you're being looked at as a, as a professional. You're not being looked at as someone who is being taken advantage of. I was going to say something else that needs to be taken into account is our industry is extremely different. It's not as though you're working in the same location, nine to five, five days a week. Events, a lot of times, everyone's different. Mm -hmm. They're not all the same. You have different challenges. You have different staffing needs and you have different scheduling. So you might have one month that you have 20 events and then you could have three months in a row that you only have one event. Now, if you need to staff all 20 of those events, you have to hire them on as an employee. And then you have to terminate them immediately after, according to the law, which is unfair to the, the employee as much as the employer. The employer is then incurring the cost of paying all those extra benefits. And then at the same time, the employee who you can't give enough hours to is now being hired on by however many different companies they work with. So with me, I've worked with right. on any given year at the end of the year, when it comes to tax season, I'm receiving dozens of, of 1099s. Mm -hmm. Do I consider myself an employee of any of those other companies that have hired me to come DJ their event or come run lighting or come run sound? No, I look at it as a collaborative effort. It is their company. It is their event. I am there to assist. I'm not looking for them to go ahead and take care of all my benefits because they're paying me enough to go ahead and take care of that on my own. And it's unfair of them to go ahead to ask them to do so. And here, and here's the, here's the, the caveat here. You are taking care of these things on your own. Mm -hmm. Not everybody is that doing yep. that. And that's the other side of the equation. It's the, the, the worker doesn't get fined, but the worker is in some cases as it, is as much at fault for this because they're not, these funds are underfunded because they're not being paid into. And if people like us, and I, I, I'm sure you too, at the end of a year, I look down my 1099s and there are, there are entities that have made tens of thousands of dollars. So you expect they're going to be paying their taxes and their fees on all of that money, but that's not the way the cookie crumbles. And so this is a way to make sure it's sort of make sure from the, from the top end down that they're getting their entitlements, but also these funds are being funded. Yes. Anthony, yeah, just and, for clarity, the, the, you say these funds are being funded. Can you just recap what you mean by that? So when I hire someone, then as part of their uh, W-2, as part of their payroll, we're we, we're taxed and we pay a certain percentage for unemployment insurance and a certain, and we cover you for workman's comp and we have a, a workman's comp policy that covers you. Those are two of the things. If I don't have you under my employee, I don't need to cover you with a workman's right. comp policy. And uh, I'm not paying any unemployment insurance on you, any payroll taxes, any social security, none of that. So the government loses out on that. Now, what's supposed to happen is as a 1099, you're supposed to claim everything that you make if you're a 1099 freelancer and pay according to that. If you're not doing that, then you have no right dipping into the system. But that's not how it works out. People and here's where I'm confused, though, because having been 1099 worker in many, many cases, right, at the end of the year, I pay on what I've earned. I file, right? The government has access to that information. So how does, if, if there's a 1099 filed, and I mean, it's over, you know, an employee's earned over $600 a year and there's a 1099 filed, how does one get around paying what they're, what they're supposed to? How does the independent contractor, how is the independent I, contractor- well, by not, um, first of all, if you get a 1099, mm -hmm. if, right? So we send them out, but not everybody sends out those 1099s. Again, that's paperwork. And if people are being paid under the table, then they're certainly not getting a 1099. Right, so right. there's that. There are all those people who make less than 600. And there's probably 
a ton of people who make less. So that's never reported. Right. Uh, so I, there are definitely ways that it's not being paid. And then, um, you know, you might have 10, 1099s and there might've been, I'm going to use an example as a singer, there might've been 10 weddings that you did and the people paid you $250 each and that's $2,500 that's going to go unreported. Right. So it's all of that, mm -hmm. you know, um, now there's, there's still a tax being paid though. So it's the, only, just when you, only if it's reported, only if it's, but it's reported. That, that 1099 is the reporting right there. Right. It's the reporting, but it's the reporting. So if I'll send in all my 1099s, right. And then it's up to the IRS to match them with the actual um, tax returns that come in, the files, the tax files that come in mm -hmm. and make sure that they've got all that clear. But I think it, it causes a lot of paperwork and issue. And I bet they're not really good at making sure that the 1099s that come in are being uh, correlated with the ones that are being sent in by employers. You know, I, I'm guaranteeing there's a lot of uh, disorganization there that it doesn't enable them to connect the dots. Also, is that is that really our responsibility? We're filling out the paperwork. That's on them. At that well, point. that's that's what they want to do is make it our responsibility with this ABC test. That's the point. Close the loopholes, and the we're the bigger fish. I mean, we're not big fish by any means, but we're the bigger fish in this equation, um, and so that's that's gets the impact. There's quite a bit that, that there's there's so much behind AB five in the sense that who they're who it's intended to to impact that it, it definitely has. Well, do you want to talk a little bit about? Yeah, the, I'd love to get your take on this. The <laughs> AFL CIO. <laughs> the AFL CIO, yes. So, and anyone who wants to check me on this is more than free to look it up because it is public record, is recorded, and is on YouTube. So, I looked it up. Did you look it up, Anthony? Did you see did. that video? <laughs> I didn't so see the there video, was a, it's documented. Yep, it, it was on the House floor in California. So it was, um, oh my gosh, I'm going to blank on his name. Senator, um, he's from up in the Temecula area, is, is the representative Duncan. I'm looking for. No, not, no, no, no. No, it wasn't Duncan. He actually retired. but he, That's so, what they call it. It wasn't Melendrez. Oh my gosh, why am I drawing a blank on his name? This is going to kill me. I told every time I talk about it, I say his name. But anyways, he ended up asking who helped write AB5. And they turned and, and he said, I don't mind if you go ahead and you ask the, the true author of the bill who helped write AB5. Because there was documentation of the AFL-CIO sending um, verbiage back and forth to Lorena Gonzalez's office on what to put into AB5 for exemptions and how to write it. Now, how they got caught was someone did not take their name off the letterhead on the paper. So it was discovered that the AFL-CIO was helping write legislature, even though they are not an, a duly elected entity to write legislature. So you have a, a union that helped write a labor law deciding who gets an exemption, who does not get an exemption. So the primary entities that received exemptions conveniently have uh, big lobbying budgets. So they, they have a lot of presence in the, in the state. The realtors, which I'm not being picking on them. I actually have my real estate license and have been an agent for Century 21 on the side for over 12 years. But they got an exemption. Lawyers got an exemption. Mm -hmm. Doctors. Doctors got an exemption. So there, there are entities that, that had large lobbying budgets and, and personnel in the state capital that helped receive those particular exemptions. Who lost out? Well, over 400 other entities or an entity's professions lost out. Truckers got hit hard. They're still fighting. Yep, still fighting. Nurses got hit hard. Who would have thought that during COVID, it'd be illegal to operate as a nurse? But that did happen. Um, 
another one who got hit hard was actually the media. So mm -hmm. originally there was a 35 article submission cap allowed for anyone who wrote for a paper or a magazine or any sort of news source. Once you reach that 35 submission cap, you had to be hired on as an employee. So, I mean, we could go on and on about how many different um, industries got hit, but the last tally was over 400 and they all were affected by that. Yeah, they are trying to make carve outs now and clean up the law. And we were talking before you came on about what they're trying to do for theaters in California just mentioned that the truckers are still fighting. Mm -hmm. uh, and I do expect more carve outs. But in the meantime, we have the PRO Act coming up in, in the nation. Yeah, which we were talking about as well before you came on and how that includes the AB5 caveat. And so that's troublesome for people outside of the state of California. And I, I know what you're saying. I've read articles about people um, not uh, hiring in California for this issue. Uh, not looking in California for workers because of this issue, because it is troublesome. Uh, and it's hard for people to grasp, I think. So I think that you probably had some issues with clients not calling you to DJ their party because they thought they couldn't, even though they produce uh, salmon cakes and they were having an event and they just wanted you to DJ. Did you have any of that issue? So the, the issue that I ran a, across heavily was other companies that run corporate functions were afraid to call and hire me on to help with their events because they were worried that it would violate AB5. Okay, so, can I, may I ask you a question? Were these yes. the companies that provided the same thing you do? Production, yep. Sound, lighting, video. Yep. And they wanted to bring you on to run the show as a, as a freelance? Correct. Um, and, you, and use your equipment as well? Um, some no. were used my equipment, some were not even used their was used their equipment. So okay. come and run their equipment okay, because they yeah, didn't have the labor force to be able issue. to handle the event. Yeah. So it's, it, it's a combination of both, but it's, yeah, it, there was my, my 1099 list shrunk big time. I mean, yes, COVID was a part of it, mm -hmm. but going into 2020 sure. was there were so many people that that were hey we want to work with you but we can't yeah i i i remember when this first hit and we weren't sure and trust me we're still working with our artists to make sure they have the right documentation because you still want to be clear right and have yep. all your ducks in a row but when we first started this whole Kazarai, we were in the office talking about how we are going to deal with entertainers. And did we have to cut out the majority of people we work with and just have, you know, a few artists that can do the bulk of work and just concentrate on them and employ them? Is that what we should do? So um, I would imagine that in, in your world as well, the only way to get through this is to develop small partnerships and ways that you can sort of share work because the problem here that I don't think people understand is when you're a small business owner and you're a sole proprietor and you're a one, one shop, one man shop, you, you can't just rely on your opportunity, your ability to get work. You rely on others as well. And when you own a business like that, you rely on those same others to help you when you're overwrought, when you're overwhelmed and you have too much going on. So the point being that you're able to take more business and share it. And in a world of sole proprietorship, that is that should not be a problem for anyone. Because in the case of your business and the case of another person who has a business, that's business to business. You're still licensed. You're still insured. You're still paying all your taxes and all your doing everything you need to do. And you're sharing business. And that needs to be carved out. I and, think. And I was going to say and something else to, to take into that. And, and you hit it right on the head. And so many people look at every industry and think, oh, just because they are in the same industry and their competitors that they hate each other and they don't work together. That is absolutely not the case, especially in the entertainment industry. Everyone 
If, if you are successful in this industry, you network and you work with other companies. It's it's inevitable. There's no one comes into this industry unless they have the unless they have a I don't want to say sugar daddy, but unless you're a trust fund baby with so much money that you don't have to worry about working with anyone. Everyone ends up working with everyone. And it, it's not in a negative way. I mean, yes, there are, everyone's going to have their rivals that they don't really enjoy working with. But there's there's so many people that that work together that by this law just completely gutted that. And, and no one has. I go back to the, the whole thing of uh, where no two events are the same. There are some that are small, there are backyard parties, and then there are some that are 70,000 person concerts. And we've covered the spectrum of that. Now, a backyard party and a 70,000 person concert are completely two different labor forces. One you can do on your own, another one, right. there's no way. It is no impossible. Way. Right. So it's you have to have help somewhere. Mm -hmm. And that's something that has been drastically overlooked. And it's sad, it really is, mm -hmm. because you're taking an industry that has worked well for so many years and you're just saying, you know what, here, this is your problem, change it. And, it and one of the sad things that I'm hearing when, when I'm hearing all this, what strikes me is that it's almost maniacally cutting out. And I, I know I say that word a little bit facetiously, but cutting out the, the, the little mm -hmm. guy, right? And basically, allowing, I hate to say it this way, but allowing fat cats to get fatter. And, you know, instead of us all getting a piece of the pie. Right. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, if Brandon can't bring in uh, a workforce to help him with a big event, then he has to say no. And somebody who's already set up to do larger events gets that event. And, and guess what? Uh, I just had to do that this week. I'm so sorry. I lost a Fifteen to twenty thousand dollar event because of AB five. So, may I ask you: Are you using um, show call or hands on? Are you going through them now? Have you thought about going through them to get labor to help you? It's going to be more expensive, but at least you can still bid on these shows, and you're going to be dealing with people that you're going to have to watch over like a hawk. But you know, do you want that? <laughs> do you want? Do you want that responsibility? <laughs> See, but, but that, there's an option. There's an option yeah. for you there. It's just, it's going to be more than you pay. It's there, there's, be, yeah. I'd say there's two folds to that. And one is there are still some concerns from my end legally on if that is allowed under AB5. So I, I still have a little bit of concerns. I'm more conservative on that front that I'm, I'm concerned that it, it could come back to bite me and they could come up with some sort of a, if it's a non-union organization that you hire, that it could come back to bite you. Um, Only if you, no, you know why? Because when you do, you are given a sheet that shows that you're paying for uh, wages and benefits and it breaks that out. So you know what you're paying for in advance and that's a way to protect yourself. It just depends on whose name it's under whether it's my company name or, or, or hands-on's name. But the, the other side, that's, that's a whole nother conversation. But the, the bigger concern that I have with doing something like that and with hiring a company of that nature is one, I don't know them. Right. And I don't know the people that are coming into my event. A right. lot of times, minor repeat customers that are expecting a certain type of customer service. And I don't mean that in a negative way. They're just accustomed to my personality and how I run things. Now, if we bring in a bunch of people that I don't know, they, they're not necessarily going to understand exactly how I conduct my business. And so it, it could end up in a way to where someone might not handle something the same way that I would handle something. And right. that looks bad on my part. I mean, it's well, like us hiring uh, some uh, working with talent that we haven't vetted. They're a representation of us. People are used to receiving a certain kind of a level from us. Right. And if they're right. not vetted. But in the tech world, it depends on, you know, what you're hiring them for. I'm certainly not suggesting any client facing 
positions should be hired out like that. And that's, I think, probably what you're thinking of or somebody that might that's exactly what have, it is. Yep. Yeah, I'm thinking about people that you have to watch over for larger events, not, you know, not the one offs, but the twenty, thirty thousand dollar events that you would be at anyway, because mm -hmm. that's a larger event. And yep. those people, that's what I'm talking about, because you have to, you would have to 1000% be there to manage in a case like that. Yep. And, to be and a lot of the events that I do, they are, they are the people who are pushing in the cases are the people who are operating. So uh, they are the, the client facing people. So it's, we had a very tight knit group of people that we would bring in for events and everyone worked for everyone who it didn't matter whose name was on the event. We all worked together and we all had an understanding of how things would go. Well, AB five hit and people started moving out of California and then AB five hit and people just left the industry and went somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And that was a combination of AB five and COVID that AB five the, was the bigger factor out of the two. May, may I ask you, and, and you, you're not, you don't have to answer this and we're running out of time. So it might be my last question. Um, are you, how are you set up? Are you set up as a sole proprietorship or? Yes. So I, I'm going to encourage you to look at a, an S corp or maybe looking at something else. Cause I think that will help you quite a bit. And I think that's the key with, um, you know, anybody that you like to partner with is because the, it's the 1099 that's going to raise a flag. Mm -hmm. And if you're not dealing so much in 1099, um, then I think you'll have an easier time. S Corp um, is something, you know, cor incorporating is something that I have looked into mm -hmm. and it has been on the discussion block with myself and my CPA for, for many years. But when we have weighed the tax benefits between the two, it is actually still weighed in favor of staying as an independent yeah. contractor than to go to S Corp. So it is something that is planned in the future if I ever get to that point, mm -hmm. as far as when the monetary side lines up. But as of right now, it has not it has not hit that that hope it, plateau. I hope it I hope it becomes easier then um, because I I think it might just make some things easier. Mm -hmm. Not everything. Because there's yeah. always a catch with everything, but yes, there is. You know, um, thank you for joining us. I, I, we could go on forever. I yeah. could. Uh, there's so much about this law, and uh, maybe we can have you back at some point to talk further about it. Um, it's not gone away. A lot of people think it has because of COVID. It's going to rear its ugly head again soon. We can bet on that. I, I'm going to guess 2022. We're going to start seeing it really big time. And then that's tax time too. So, and I don't believe there'll be forgiveness either. So I don't mm -hmm. think that people who are thinking now, oh, you know, I can just eke by and don't have to worry about it. And I'm going to just continue to do business the way I have. I don't believe that's the smart way to go uh, because come January, uh, we're going to be looking at the results of this and people have been doing business again. So. Well, uh, Anthony, one more thing. Can I, can I add yes. in with, with, there have been so many carve outs that have been, that have happened up to this point, just because someone has heard that there's a carve out in their industry, don't automatically assume that that includes you and Correct. your part of the industry, because that's a big mistake is that there was a lot of people that heard that there's a musician carve out. Well, they, people thought, okay, that means that everyone who works with musicians is now exempt. No, that's not the case. That only applies to the performers themselves. Mm -hmm. So it's it's something that you don't want to just assume that because there's a carve out in my industry that it covers everything blanketly. So that, that's one thing I, I want to make sure people don't lose sight of that. And the law is available to read. It's a monster and it's mm -hmm. very complicated, but it is available to read online if you just pop in AB5. Uh, I think it's labor.gov. I can't remember the rest of it, but eight, look up AB5, Google it, and you'll get to the to the EDD. DIR.ca.gov. So it is AB5.dir. Uh, the where I got it from, from the government website was www.dir dot ca dot gov and then there's a few slashes afterwards but uh i can always send that over to you or but you can the, google ab5 yeah i think it, yeah. it's pretty easy to find it is the biggest thing that i that i always find with ab5 especially when when explaining it to people is 
you need to know the ABC test and understand mm-hmm. how the ABC test applies because that is that is the biggest part of the law is that ABC test. I mean, yes, there's a lot of other stuff written into it, but the whole preface of it is built off of that. And if you want to know more about that, do a Google search of ABC test and you'll find right on the labor and workforce, the EDD agency's labor and workforce website, what that is and how to parcel it out. Yep. ABC test California. ABC test California is exactly what you want to look at. All righty. Thank you so much, Brandon. Thank you for joining us. Uh, Stay busy. I know we'll see you soon and uh, we will look forward to it. Well, thank you everyone for listening. If you like this show, please go to Bellotta.com and leave a comment, uh, ask a question, whatever you want to say. And please, please, please listen to us wherever you find podcasts. Uh, But especially if you go to Apple, you can leave us five stars. And our fearless leader, um, the what would I call him on the Bellotophile too, had to run off to go to school. So I'm going to sign us all out and wish you all a lovely day, but please go on, like us where you can like us and have a wonderful day. And we'll see you when we see you. Stay healthy. Stay healthy. Yeah. Angela. Thank you. Thank you. And yeah, I'd, I'd love to come back and, and talk further because there is so much to this that that really, um, I think there's a lot more to expand yeah. on. So. Well, we I made a list before we um, got on the call with you and we just ran out of time. But, you know, we talked about tech. We talked about bands and DJs, but florists, drivers, drivers. Nobody talked about that. We talked about the trucking. Uh, industry, but not the coach drivers and the limo drivers and all those on-call people. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, we didn't really talk much about the maids or janitorial staff that's called in, um, all that stuff. Or the fact that Prop 22 didn't give everyone an exemption to AB5, it didn't repeal it. That's another yeah. misconception that comes no, up. No, it just, just for the two, <laughs> just for the ones that were fighting. Yep. App-based. Well, yeah, right, right, right. God, well, we could go app-based. All right, yeah, yeah. You can uh, order entertainment by your app. Right, you, and it's uh, going to come on your app, too. Yeah, exactly. It's, it'll uh, it'll say <laughs> exactly it. where they are on the That's on the it. $2,000. That's right. Yeah. Your entertainment your is five minutes away. Your singer is en route. <laughs>